Oh, it wasn't Pete Wentz. Who was it? Patrick Stump from Fallout Boy. Oh. Still from Fallout Boy, but it's Patrick Stump. He also voices a character. Oh, yeah, he's Josh. Josh. Yeah, huh. Wild. Absolutely wild. Incredible. What the fuck is the voice cast for this series? What the fuck? (laughs) This is a show. The Ash of Season 2 will have Effie and Patrick Stump as part of the voice cast. Like, what other show has both a member of, like, a seminal pop-punk band and, like, a queer deathmatch legend? Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, it was bound to happen eventually. I don't think so. well not with that attitude Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Dead End Paranormal Park. My name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me on the internet at RoomwarePod, and you can find the show on Twitter at Gay Space Pod. With me, as always, is my spooktacular co-host, August. Hello, I'm August. You can find me on the internet at Harpydora on Twitter. My pronouns are they, them, and... Honestly, I'm kind of tired today because it's Yom Kippur as of recording this, and I've been fasting, and so I'm just like, man. You should have been like, bleh, I'm August. (laughs) I should have, but, you know, that just wasn't in the cards today. (laughs) If only we could (laughs) re-record. No. Uh, But unfortunately, we're cutting this shit, we're we're etching this episode directly (laughs) into vinyl. Yep. (laughs) It's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, that's frankly my editing technique on this show. So it just <laughs> stays in. But, um, oh, let's see. Do we have any cartoon news this week? Let me pull up the fucking one website I use for cartoon news. Well, I can tell cartoon you one thing. com, by the way, if you ever wondered. So. Oh, go on. Sorry. Uh, Dead End Paranormal Park Season 2 drops on October the 13th. That's news. Oh, yeah. I, f- I forgot that that's, like, really, really soon. <laughs> I keep... Like, it will have... We will have watched it by the time we talk to Hamish. I will have watched it. August will not have. August will have consumed, like, uh, roughly, like, the human's history's worth of, U- or of uh, Minecraft content. But... <laughs> That's not true. Anya really wants to watch season two, so we will we will have watched at least some of it by the time we talk to Hamish. Okay. Oh, um, other cartoon news. Uh, Velma, I guess, is gay now. 
I mean, officially. she's always been gay. Yeah, it's true. There we go. This has fucking been true. Everybody's like, oh, Velma canonically queer. I'm like, she's been canonically queer since at least Mystery Inc. If not yeah. well before that. But there was like no there was no real concept of romance in Scooby-Doo previous to that. I feel like like there's sometimes in a couple of the movies, but not really. You know what I mean? Scooby-Doo is a very sexless show. <laughs> yeah. Um, up until uh, Mystery Inc. when it got real horny. Also, I would like to say that they're like Velma's canonically a lesbian. I, I think Velma is canonically bisexual, frankly. Because she does date Shaggy in Mystery Inc., but also has the hots for hot dog water in that show. So. People can be more than one thing, is what I'm saying here. That That is so true. Um... <clears throat> There looks to be no cartoon news. I don't, I don't know. What have you watched cartoon-wise, August? Um, okay, so, um, we've been watching, uh, Joel Smallish Beans's POV on Empire Season 2. It's been a hoot. Can you, can you, can you repeat that name one more time? <laughs> his, his username is Smallish Beans, like, People just so, go around with with Minecraft usernames like that and use that as their YouTube channel when they're Minecraft YouTubers. But uh, that isn't actually the only thing I've watched this week, surprisingly. Oh my god. I know, right? Um, YouTube recommended this channel to me, Strange Aeons, Um and I wouldn't have clicked on it, except the video it recommended was about the Snape Wives. So uh, I watched the video about the Snape Wives, which was a Harry Potter fandom phenomenon where a bunch of middle-aged women decided they were married to Snape on the astral plane. It goes way deeper than that, but it's still fucking incredible. Um, then I watched the one about uh, trad wives on Tumblr. And I watched the one about the Tumblr sexy man phenomenon. Um, and I also watched the Sarah Z In honor video. of the election, I imagine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, who won? Was it, then, was it? Wait, who? It was Sans Undertale who won. The, the, yes. Did that happen between the record, last recording and this one? Uh, I don't know if we talked about it. I don't or not. remember. I think we talked about it, but we could talk about it. I know we talked about it in the chat, like in the the on the Discord. Join our Discord. Link is in the description below, so you can, you too can look at the Tumblr Tumblr sexy man bracket. One side of this bracket way more weighted than the other side of this bracket. I feel like half of the A bracket needs to have been on the the B bracket to even remotely make this fair. I'm just surprised because, that Onceler got uh, knocked out first round. Who was he up against? Where was he? B -b 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 I want to say it was Megamind. Position. Oh, yeah, yeah. He got knocked out by Megamind. Yeah. Which, I mean, good on him. Like, I'm glad I'm happy for Megamind, but. I just, I, I like, I like Megamind quite a bit. I just feel like the Onceler should have should have at least moved on to round two out of respect for for his lineage in the Tumblr yeah. sexy man. You know. Yeah. 
but <laughs> no, but hey, I'm, listen, I'm right there know. with you. Is this Wheatley or is this wait, wait, which character from Portal is this? Um, if, is it Wheatley or Gladys? It would have. It's it would have been Wheatley if it's if it is it blue because Glados yeah, is yellow. Glados yeah, is so yellow. That, okay, I couldn't remember. Oh, the yeah. clock from fucking "Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared" was in here, and it lost yes. to something I don't recognize. Bullshit. God, I'm been obsessed with fucking "Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared." <laughs> but <laughs> fucking uh, the, absolutely obsessed. Anyways, go on. The the other. The other thing I watched was a Sarah Z video on basically why the Netflix bingeability thing is kind of bad and uh, why serialization is can be good for fandom, actually. Um, and I tend to agree with most of her points, so. Which is, you know, <laughs> not that, you know, if you know me, that's not that far out of the realm of... Uh, conceptualization that I would think that serialization, you know, me being from the generation of like web, uh, web comics and, you know, fucking homestuck serialization is good for fandom. I, I, yeah, for real. I'm also, also like she makes a good point about how, like, you know, when you have to binge an entire show, you close the door on a bunch of different discussions. And I feel like, Netflix's binge model robbed us of a whole bunch of Daredevil fan fiction that we could have had if the whole season hadn't dropped at the same time. You know what? Probably fucking true. Because, God, I I will die on this hill that Daredevil, at least season one of Daredevil, if not the entire season. I know season, like, the first half of season two is really strong and the Electra half of season two is like a little less strong just because the chemistry between Matt and Electra is not like super duper there. Mm-hmm. Um, though the Matt, the, the chemistry between Matt and the Punisher super fucking there though. Mm-hmm. It makes up for it. I feel like, and then season three is per, I think it's the best. I think it's the best thing Marvel has ever produced. Yeah. I just, I yeah. love Daredevil so much. <laughs> not even the comic book, just that show. Charlie Cox murders that fucking show. Yeah, he was really, I'm so really glad good. He's back. I do hope that the new version of Daredevil is not the super broody Daredevil that he played in the Netflix show. I do hope it's a little bit more lighthearted, just simply because, like, I feel like the Netflix show brought Daredevil to its absolute zenith of angst. <laughs> um. <clears throat> And I would like, I would like the dare, I would like the version of Matt Murdock that wears a sweater that says "I'm not Daredevil" to an office Christmas party. You know what I mean? And I think Charlie Cox uh-huh. could easily be that person. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, God, Tumblr would have loved Daredevil. Like, I mean, as, Tumblr, if it was a, Tumblr did love Daredevil. True, but I think it would have been, like, like it you said, been, it would have been much bigger if it had that, like, week-to-week, you know, look what they did with Supernatural, a show much worse than Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. No, we were, we were robbed 
we were absolutely robbed and I will I will stand by that. Where is my Punisher X Daredevil fan fiction? I'm sure it's there if I actually go and look for oh, it. Oh yeah, I'm sure um, it is. <laughs> Honestly, John Berthal's got the only version of the Punisher I like. Um so yeah, cool. that that is my foray into things that are not Minecraft YouTube that I have been watching. Have you, have you ever watched Izzy Is on YouTube? I don't think so, no. I think you would greatly like Izzy Is's content. Uh, she... Um, she does kind of like... Um, kind of, you know, that YouTube documentary not documentary but deep dive style um <clears throat> on just internet culture things also her makeup game is pretty solid but if you ever wanted to be like i want to know more about the mysteries of the sims 2 or <laughs> um weird facts about my little pony or the evolution of tumblr girls like she she's the person for it oh the weird world of mary sue's that sounds delightful it, it's it's very good um but yeah let's see what the fuck have i watched this week um i've watched fire heat metal that's what i've really been doing um <laughs> Uh, hit your boy up if you uh, one of our 23 listeners a week uh, <laughs> is interested in some custom blacksmithing work hit your boy up um let's see what have i consumed the i i am uh tempted i am continuously tempted uh in about watching cyberpunk edge runners even though i know it, it's made by two groups of people i fucking hate uh that is cd project red and studio trigger but goddamn if it doesn't look interesting sitting there on the front page of fucking netflix uh da, 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 da. the i guess the big thing that i've watched i can't continue to watch she hulk it's fine it's not groundbreaking. Um, it's kind of mid, not going to lie. It's not terrible, but I feel like they, they've gotten more serialized. Or they're not necessarily more serialized, but it's like more plot heavy and more MCU connected as the series goes along. And I just want Allie McBeal what turns into a big lady and fights people sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair. <laughs> And that's what I just really wanted. Um, and then the big thing, the big thing that I've watched is Andor. I've been watching Andor. And God, Jesus Christ, it's so good. They just made a show. They made a good fucking Star Wars show. It's like HBO prestige television, but Star Wars. Do you ever want to watch The Boardwalk Empire or... The Sopranos, but it, you know, occasionally there's a laser gun in it. Andor. 
Uh, it's more than it's, huh? I said fair. It's, it, I mean, it's more than that. That's a much more reductive take of it. But like, it's a such a good fucking show. It's very tightly scripted. It's shot in places with sets. Um, <laughs> the story is very interesting because it, like, it is telling a story of like empire moving in and being in like superseding and pushing out culture and the ramifications therein but the screenwriters at least so far there's only four episodes out it really feels like the screenwriters are like okay we want to tell this story but we're white people where do we go and where they went was uh ireland and scotland and it's got some big fucking ireland and scotland versus britain vibes uh it's really really fucking good (laughs) so far I also I have a hope we like episode four, we show up on a planet with like a rebel cell that has like what literally look like AKs, like just straight up AKs. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really hope they're not blaster weapons. I hope they're bolt throwers because like guns that shoot bullets exist in Star Wars, but no one ever uses them because like they're not terribly effective. But of course, scrappy rebels would. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, so I just, I hope somebody fucking uses a bolt thrower in, I I, actually, I don't think it's bolt thrower. I think I'm talking about a 40 K weapon. I think they're called slug casters or something like that. Um, or slug thrower. Um, but yeah, they're guns that shoot bullets, uh, in star Wars. And that would be fucking sick. Um, the sad little droid, he's not in the series anymore. He's not dead Aww. or anything. He's just uh, he had to get left behind. It was very sad. Boo. though. He's great, though. B. He's B2 EMO. B2 EMO. Um, he's great. He's like a sad little uh, he's like an old little robot dog. He's Love like it. got Love a, it. Yeah, he's got like a, a battery that's going bad. And so he can't remember things good. Uh, it's great. I love him. <laughs> He's the best droid ever created in Star Wars. Um, I cannot talk well enough about Andor. I'm just, I think it's a great show, even if you're not like a big Star Wars fan. Like, if you're okay with sci-fi, I think you can just get behind, like, and you're, like, you know vaguely the shit about Star Wars. There's an empire, and there's a rebellion, I think you can just buy into Andor and you don't really have to be into Star Wars because at least thus far, they're not talking about all the myth bullshit from Star Wars. This is not it would be very hard for this whole show to like wrap back around to Skywalkers. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, also, Stellan Skarsgård absolutely is acting his goddamn shit off like he is goddamn going for it in his character and it's one of the most compelling characters i've ever seen in star wars so so Andor. what about what what about the gundams what's going on in the gundam oh, fuck. universe i forgot about gundam that's the other thing i was thinking so uh-huh. so gundam mobile suit gundam the witch from mercury or um i think it's I think everybody's calling it like gun G witch 
for short because that's a really long title. I could be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so I watched the prologue of that and it was pretty good. It was pretty gun to me, right? Like space, there's colonies. Um, they're controlled by a cabal of corporations. It's bad news bears. At the end of the prologue, uh, we discover that a Gundam has been made. Um, there's some level of like, there's some level of like body mind interface with mobile suits in this world. It's not like as heavy. It's not like like a physical like needle or whatever goes into your body like an iron blooded orphans. But there is like um, a taxing amount of stress put on your body by going into a mobile suit if you push it too hard and in particular this group that was trying to develop a Gundam the one of the issues they were having is they were killing all their fucking pilots because they were pushing it too hard (laughs) um and in that uh this little girl who becomes our main character she has like an innate connection to the Gundam um and at like five years old wipes out an entire platoon of mobile suits it's very bad in the prologue because a five-year-old commits like a lot of murders her she's sitting in her mom's lap while this is all happening her mom kind of just has to let her do it because like what do we do instead die like (laughs) you know it's very good it's It's some good ass gundam shit so i'm expecting that i'm expecting some like political intrigue very faction heavy gundam Episode one of The Witch from Mercury comes out, and it's a Utena. No one told me that it was just going to be an Utena. It's Utena with mechs. She shows up to a school to learn to be a mech pilot. Um, the school has different, like, it, 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 it's aristocracy-filled. Um, she immediately meets a girl who has been betrothed to some asshole uh, via a duel, everything is settled through dueling at this fucking school, and she she beats that asshole in a duel and immediately becomes engaged to this other girl. But instead of in, in Utena, where it's kind of like weird and no one ever talks about, it's just kind of accepted that Anthe uh, is going to go with Utena, but it it seems outside of the norm, at least for a little while. Um. In The Witch for Mercury, our, our Anthe, um, who's uh, Meriden, Marion, it's either, I think it's Meriton, something like that. I'm still remembering the names, uh, is like, well, I guess we're engaged now, Stella. And Stella's like, but I'm a girl. And she's like, oh, I guess uh, Mercury is extremely conservative because no one gives a shit about that here. And it's like, all right, well, I guess we got space lesbians in Gundam now. Best Gundam series Uh, hopefully, I've only watched one episode, I really hope it doesn't just immediately fall off of a cliff. (laughs) Because, like, that can happen at any moment in Gundam. I've watched enough Gundam series to know, at any moment, this show can just take a nosedive in quality. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, but otherwise, it's great, I really like the new Gundam. Um, it's very, it's, like, very sleek, mechanical design but also it has funnels and for those of you who don't know about mobile like gundam stuff funnels are like hovering independent pods that shoot lasers that are like psychically controlled in the world i don't know if they're psychically controlled in this gundam probably considering there's like a mental interface in in this series but um 
they're really cool. Like, I love funnels. I think they're the dopest shit. Um, so really like the new suit design. Really like our space Utena lesbians. Also, the show is written by somebody who wrote a bunch of Utena light novels. So they're really just kind of doing a revolutionary gore Utena, but Gundam. I, if they could have written a single like a Gundam series specifically for just me in August, they did it. <laughs> uh, you need to watch I mean, it. it was, I do. I do need to watch it. I want to watch it. And my brain is evidently slowly allowing me to watch things that aren't just Minecraft YouTube. So I might actually be able to do it. Yeah. And it's week to week. So like you got, you know, it's not like you're super behind. I feel like you also don't need to watch. The, like if you don't want to watch the prologue, I don't think you're missing out on anything. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what were you saying? Oh, I was just going to say it was bound to happen eventually. Again, maybe (laughs) like the fact that like it's a I mean, the fact that they not only put like a girl in the Gundam, which is like a first for Gundam since like 1978. um, There's always just been a boy in the robot. Not only did they do that, they're like and it's explicitly queer. Uh, There's been some queerness to Gundam in various series. I feel like turn A is probably the most overtly queer of the Mobile Suit Gundam uh, iterations. But still, it was like, it was still subtext. It wasn't like, we're engaged now. Also, don't be a fucking prude. Whatever, we're lesbians now. You don't have a choice in this. Hmm. It's your first day at school and you're already a lesbian. <laughs> um, It's really good. So. Okay. All right, it is time for us to talk about the reason we're here. Yes. Um, This week, we watched Dead End Paranormal Park. It is an animated series on Netflix based on the Dead India graphic novel series from Hamish Steele. Um, It's currently 10 episodes, though. uh, The new season drops in, like, fucking next week. Um... Oh, literally next week. Yeah. Next Thursday. Um, it came out in... Why doesn't it... Hey, Netflix. Oh, no. God damn it. Why doesn't the Wikipedia tell me when it first fucking premiered? You piece of shit. June 16th of this year. Wow, that's a fast fucking turnaround. They must have already had season two in production. Because there's no way you turn an animated series around in five months. Yeah. Um, Which is fine. I'm glad that Netflix had a had enough trust in this property to like make it like go ahead and greenlight season two. Hamish, don't listen to this part, but I really hope that Netflix doesn't Netflix this show. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> um, so the the premise of the show is that it uh, the series follows Barry and Norma, the newest employees of, no. of the haunted hmm? Barney. Nope, it's Barney. Yeah. 
Yeah. The series follows Barney and Norma, the newest employees of a haunted house theme park, which is actually haunted. The pair are joined by Barney's dog Pugsley and Courtney, a thousand year old demon. Together they face zombies, game show hosts, witches and crushes. Uh, that's like the, the, the very big overview of the show. Um, it's 10 episodes in season one, which is what we watched. Uh, what we're going to do is I'm going to go ahead and kind of knock out the summaries. And then August and I are going to just kind of talk about our vibes of the show because we're not it's 10 episodes. You guys know we we talk for regularly an hour and a half about one thirty minutes worth of content. Yeah. What? There's absolutely no way we could do this concisely if we didn't just do broad overviews here. So episode one, The Job, uh, its summary is that Barry and Norma arrive at the haunted house for a job interview. Instead, they encounter a demon king who in, who possesses uh, Barry's uh, pug, Pugsley. Barney. Barney's pug, Pugsley. And they meet Courtney. Uh, episode two, The Tunnel. Uh, Pugsley accidentally unleashes a horde of creepy old mascots on the park. Uh, are they truly ghastly or just misunderstood? It's the latter part. Uh, episode three, trust me, the park's employees head to the beach for some terrifying team building exercises, but nor, uh, Norma's friends, uh, help new friends, help her face her fears night of the living kids. Uh, Barney reunites with his little brother during a sleepover party at the park, uh, where a night hag demon turns the kids into sleep driven zombies. The Nightmare Before Christmas in July. Fucking maybe the best title for an episode of television ever, frankly. Mm -hmm. um, Barney, Norm, and Pugsley travel to the demon world to compete in a game show, hoping to win a prize and cheer up Courtney. Oh, uh, episode six. Yeah. Uh, wait time, 22 minutes. Uh, Barney's got a huge crush on his co-worker Logs. Uh, but he gets so nervous around him. Can Pugsley help with a magic spell? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Frankly, spoiler alert. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> episode seven, Norma Khan, paranormal detective detective while norma investigates a series of strange disappearances at the park barney struggles uh, at a frustrating family dinner episode eight the pauline phoenix experience norma discovers a portal into pauline phoenix's movies and a new mystery emerges when uh the friends follow her in there and then episode Nine, the Phantom of the Theme Park. It's a musical episode. Uh, with the help of Pugsley's musical spell, Barney and Norma try to stop Pauline's plan. Meanwhile, Courtney wrestles with the dilemma. And finally, episode 10, Into the Fire. Barney and Norma face off against a mob of ancient demons who have turned all the park guests to stone and have kidnapped Patrick, Barney's little brother. Okay. So. What did you think of this show, August? Uh, high level. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was very cute. Um, I think that Steven Universe has spoiled me a little when it comes to, like, pacing. Just mm -hmm. because the episodes felt, compared to Steven Universe, the episodes felt kind of long. Mm -hmm. Just because 
the the pacing isn't as tight. Yeah, but are, overall, my brain has really not got is like really not used to B plots anymore. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but I mean, overall, it's really cute. It's really fun. I'm so glad it's getting a second season. Um, like I was saying earlier, Anya and I want to watch it uh, when it drops. So uh, that should be a good time. And uh, yeah. So for the listener at home, um, the if you haven't watched the show, you should go watch the show. It's like 30 minute episodes. There's 10, 10 episodes. Don't, you don't necessarily have to like fucking bang it all out in one go. I honestly would not suggest that. I would watch like watch like three episodes and then like watch three more the next day. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the, the interesting thing about this show and, I don't know if this is 100% true. I would need to look up the facts, but, like, Barney, our main, like, one of our main characters, along with Norma, is, like, a trans man who is very openly a trans man and has to deal with, like, being a trans person in the world. Yeah. And it is the, the, the depth and the nuance that which this is handled is so nice the thing i appreciate that hamish does with this series and not just hamish there's a there's a whole fucking slew of other writers uh as well like hamish wrote okay hamish did write wait there's no writing hey okay so dead in fandom wiki who wrote fucking episode four huh why are there no writing credits on on it I got you. I got you. Episode four was written by Jen Bardakoff. Okay. And not Hamish? Not Hamish. Okay. Interesting that it's the... Every episode has Hamish credit, at least on this fan wiki. This may not be true. I'm looking at Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Um, Is, so that's... Uh, yeah. I... I don't want to necessarily say that it's a nuanced look at. I guess what, not being nuanced. A yeah, because it, it is yeah. a cartoon. For a cartoon, yeah, it's <laughs> it is a very compassionate mm-hmm. telling, and it is very good at showing the basics of why you should be a decent human being to trans people. Right. The thing that I appreciate that the writing staff does here is in depictions that we have seen of trans people, especially in children's media, it's really to, like, normalize their existence. That's a lot. That's the goal most of the time is, like, this person is trans. It's not a big deal, you know, which is good. Mm -hmm. But the thing I appreciate that Dead End does is that Barry is trans and it's a big fucking deal to him. And he's dealing with, like, real fucking issues. Yeah. Like, in episode one... I'm sorry, I was going to kind of describe if you haven't seen the series. In episode one, Barney is trying to take this job at the park so he can get enough money to move out of his house. Because his parents, while his parents are understanding, they allow... they, They do not stand up for him when other people are seemingly openly transphobic at him. Yeah, uh, particularly and, and family. That's, 
I, I feel like that is a very reasonable type of transphobia to call out too, because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's, I wouldn't say that his parents are necessarily accepting because there's a difference between being hostile, allowing something and then being, you know, accepting and supportive of it. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Barney's parents fall more in the middle of, you know, just kind of allowing him to do this, this thing and actually accepting him. And it isn't until they accept him that they're, they're able to, to start trying to dismantle their internalized transphobia. Right. Because up until then it's, it, the show doesn't outright state it, but up until then it seems almost like, you know, they're treating it as, oh, he's he's just doing this, it's a phase, haha. You know, it's just something that he does. Right. Not like a fundamental part of himself. Um which I like. <laughs> like a lot of shows aimed at kids, though. Hamish likes to talk like I, I was reading an interview. I wish I still I had that interview pulled up. I should have bookmarked it. But um, if I did anything properly, this just wouldn't be our show. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, the interesting thing that Hamish was talking about with Dead End Park is that he he described it as like a YA cartoon. In the same vein as like YA novels or and other like YA media and mm-hmm. like cited things like infinity train as as also like YA media which I would would generally agree to like it's cartoons not made for an adult audience but not made for kids either like Steven Universe is fundamentally aimed at like 10 to 14 year olds you know yeah yeah this is a cartoon that feels like it's made for Kids the age of Norma and Barry, <laughs> or maybe just a little bit before that, because I'm I'm mis- yeah. I don't think we have it, but like Norma and Barry are like seventeen ish or something like that. I got the vibe that they were like sixteen, seventeen, yeah, yeah, somewhere they're somewhere in that. They're not like independent. They're not eighteen. Like Barry Barney, God damn it, Barney could not actually move out on his own legally. Yeah, I don't think they would rent an apartment to him. <laughs> um, but they and they feel like they feel like I mean they feel like show protagonists, but they they do feel like kids that age. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, also a, a very key fact too is that Norma, our other protagonist, is. Uh, very clearly like an like a like an autistic person yeah she is like i have so many times in my notes i i have written you know norma is so autistic it hurts like she's so definitely neurodivergent i love in some capacity she's written so well like norma is like a person who cares who does care about the people around her but is extremely fucking brutal like just blunt as shit like has no time for your bullshit does not care uh loves her special interests more than god it's god in life like yeah 
but yeah, he's like I was, a capable... I was a little... Yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah, I was a little worried that she was going to end up being some sort of caricature, but she's mm-hmm. she's definitely not. She's a very clear character who mm-hmm. is very likable and honestly such a fucking mood. Like, God. The um, in particular, like the high, like the trust me episode. Uh huh. So good. <laughs> um, yeah. Norma being the biggest mood. But written so, like, it's written extremely well to give you, like, a very solid understanding of, like, a, it, like, they either had advisors or the writers for which, like, have, like, a firm understanding, uh, you know, of being, like, a neurodivergent person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, absolutely. Being a ne- neurodivergent person with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it just, it feels so, like, the show's really refreshing in that way. Like, it's not, it feels like Dead End Park is certainly not handling, like, big, it it doesn't look, feel like it, it it's a, approaching, like, we're gonna teach kids how to, like, we're gonna give kids tools to, like, nonviolently resolve conflicts, you know what I mean? It's not Steven Universe's, feels like really lofty goals at times. As a very clear understanding of we're going to tell stories about characters, but we're going to present characters that you don't usually get to see in this sort of way. Mm-hmm. Like dogs yeah. that can talk. They don't shit. get enough representation in TV. Eat oh shit, Scooby-Doo. Pugsley's the new best talking dog. <laughs> uh, I do. I do appreciate the fact that uh, Barney is gay, so there's not really, uh, unless we get uh, mm-hmm. a really, you know, interesting turn on Norma's gender identity, we're not going to see the two main characters have any sort of romantic tension, which is nice. Um, no, it's it's also I mean, nice um, that Norma's, Norma seems like I think it's been more like the writers confirmed that Norma is is in fact also into um oh what's her name um Vadia Vadia yeah the yeah yeah i mean Vadia is so, obviously so into, into Norma. Her. so yeah. it's so fucking funny <laughs> she's it's into so her cute. from like episode 2 forward it's so cute oh. but it's it's nice that we get to see you know i'm I can't help but think of Gravity Falls because you see this mm-hmm. in Gravity Falls as well, where, you know, obviously you have two leads, you know, one one dude, one lady. They mm-hmm. have no they have no romantic chemistry, and the girl's the one that gets to be the neurodivergent one. Right. <laughs> are we <laughs> Are we implying that Dipper Pines is somehow <laughs> neurotypical? I'm not saying that Dipper Pines is necessarily <laughs> neurotypical, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like, look at Mabel. I mean, just yeah. look at her. <laughs> That's fair. Like, but you know, in 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 other shows, the the dynamic is usually, you know, 
goofy, you know, goofball boy and serious girl and will they or won't they kiss? And that's not anything that's going to happen here. Right. I also appreciate that, like, Barney and Norma do not start off this show. They do. They're not fast friends. They arguably don't really become friends until like the third episode of this series. Yeah. Like they like each other. They don't hate each other. (laughs) But they're just two people who are in the same space. But like circumstance has shown that like Barney is important to like Norma opening up to people. And Norma is important to Barney of giving him somebody who's, like, accepting and understanding of him with, like, no questions asked. Yeah. Um. The. I do uh, love how, like, how uselessly gay Barney is. It's very good. Oh, yeah. Like. That is. Like, Norma is. Norma, I wouldn't say is uselessly gay. She's just she's doesn't pick up on social cues and Vadia's not putting them down in the way that like Norma she needs Vadia just needs to be way more direct with Norma, which she is later on. <laughs> yeah. Barney, on the other hand, he's just a useless gay. Absolutely useless. Oh yeah. It's it's so good. It's so true to life. And I'm really glad that they didn't choose to have, like, they didn't choose to have any sort of turmoil around Barney being gay. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's not, you know, there's never a moment where Barney's like, oh, he'd never like me because I'm a boy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a moment where he, you know, he's like, oh, he could never like me because I'm just some guy. But it's not a homophobia thing. Right. He just doesn't think that he's cool enough to date this dude. Yeah. Which is just like, that's just teen drama. That's just regular teen drama. Yeah. The places where, like, Dead End present, like, presents the the friction of these people and where the where real world frictions were come in is is interesting like they focus on barney's relationship with his parents but not his romantic ones right mm-hmm. and, and they focus like they, on oh go on sorry they they never they never particularly draw attention to like the tension of being a queer jewish kid yeah like he's jewish and that's that's perfectly fine and that has nothing to do with whether or not his parents are accepting of him or anything like that mm-hmm. and then like with norma she she has issues when it comes to like she has social issues but they don't prevent her from like functioning in the world they just prevent her like they just cause friction in certain places but like they're not the end-all be-all of her character and they're a thing for her to grow with but they don't go away she just learns how to you know you learn how to deal with your mental illness (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) you learn how to deal with your anxieties yeah and then sometimes you also find friends who who accept you for who you are and accept that you're going to be socially awkward and try to feed you soup through a mail slot yeah, Norma never becomes, like, just a cold, totally normal person. She remains Norma from, like, episode one to episode ten. Yes. She just learns how to connect with people and to open up. But she doesn't change, like, fundamentally. 
Um, let's see. The the overall, oh, we're also, we did not talk about, so Pugsley, the, the talking pug, fucking phenomenal. If you're going to have a yes. backup character, there's no two better backup characters in the fucking world than Pugsley and Courtney. Yeah, I love, I, I, Courtney is the best. I love Courtney so much. Courtney's very good. <laughs> Just a trash eating um, fucking awful person. Who decides to make mannequins of her housemates mm-hmm. to talk to, uh, you know, like you do. It's like totally normal shit. Yeah. Um, I do. I do want to do a brief, a, a brief divergence here into mm-hmm. the aesthetics of the show. Yeah. Um, and the art style. Like, I know a lot of people, you know complain that American animation is overrun with the quote unquote Cal arts art style, Mm -hmm. which, you know, whole separate can of worms, which we're not going to get into, but you know, it doesn't have the, the same, like, it's not, it's not descended from family guy. Um, it's very intentionally colorful Mm -hmm. and vivid with a lot of, you know, very distinct body types. Like, I don't yeah. think any two characters share the same body type. No. Well, except for all the Paulines. <laughs> the, not all of the Paulines. True, yeah. Pauline is very, very much does not really care what bo- that body Shiva happens, it would seem. As long as you're, like, in the ballpark, she's going for it. Yeah, like, all of the Pauline impersonators, like, you know, there there seems to be a, a certain level of body conformity for the ones that Pauline chooses to uh, chooses to inhabit. But at the same time, like we see Pauline impersonators who are gainfully employed as Pauline impersonators that run the gamut. Yeah. So. Who are like full on just different ethnicities. Yeah. Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's no, I thought that was very fun. Yeah, it's a, the, the kind of conceit, the mystery of the show, which really does not kick in till about halfway, mostly because you've got to, like, know these characters for the rest of that mystery to, like, start making sense and start mattering, I feel like. Because mm-hmm. otherwise it's just like, and the park's fucking weird. And you're like, OK, the park's fucking weird. It's full of demons. Who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> the. Uh, but, yeah, the the mystery is fine i like i think it's fun i i i like that the the big crescendo of the mystery is like norma's hero worshiping like Mm -hmm. being absolutely destroyed which let me tell you learning like your first big celebrity that you're into turning out to be a complete piece of shit it's fucking rough it's rough buddy it sucks don't get into don't get into music. <laughs> Never meet your heroes. Absolutely oh, not. I, oh, speaking. Have I, I ever told you the story about meeting one of my heroes and then crushing me utterly? No, please continue. <laughs> um, so there's a band <laughs> that I really like called Beat Happening. Um, they're kind of like a lo-fi garage rock band, but they were like honestly the progenitors of that idea and style um, from like the mid '80s. And um, 
their lead singer and runner of like a very influential record label called K Records, um, Calvin Johnson, he played in Knoxville and I went to go see him and it was a good show. He played really well. I saw an opening act called Madeline Ava that was very, very good. So afterwards he was hanging out, he was signing stuff and I like, I bought a seven inch and I was like, hey, you know, your work the you know the ethos with which you run like run your label and you have worked with your bands is very influential to me and it's you know I'm I'm really glad to have gotten to see you and meet you and he's like oh cool are you like in a band and I'm like yeah and he's like oh you don't really seem like a like a rock and roll type I'm like oh okay then uh, <laughs> oh buddy <laughs> which like I feel like my general aesthetic is a rock and roll type. Um, so I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, all right, then. <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, so. but I, uh, I am not done talking about the art style because I, mm. I, there's one other thing that really stuck out to me, which is the way that the animation handles the character expressions. Mm-hmm. Like, more specifically, something that kept striking me is because there are a lot of close-ups on people's faces, like, the way the character's eyes move, like, especially if they're staring at something, like, you'll still see little minuscule movements in the eyes and very minute movements in the eyebrows. And that just, it just floored me. Yeah. Because, like, that's not something you do. Right, characters don't stand still when they're not actively doing something. They feel like they're people, like, in a scene, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of, like, that's a lot of work <laughs> that you don't really yeah. need to do. But it it makes such a huge difference. Like, mm-hmm. it just genuinely, like, it it floored me. When I started noticing it, it's like, oh... This is this is really good. This is really cute. This is really clever. It really helps you buy in to like the scene. You know what I mean? It it helps your cognitive dissonance get past the fact that it's animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cause it's not I wouldn't say that it has like it's not like a striking art style in the same way like like arcane. Or yeah. like gumball or something. It's not pushing a limit in that way, but by no, it, but it is like a, a a high refinement of that of its particular style. It is doing mm-hmm. the thing it's doing at a like really high level. Yes, which I would not say again for a lot of like Netflix animated series. No, uh, not a big fan of the I'm not a huge fan of the aesthetic of the Dragon Prince or what have you. And I really yeah. like She-Ra. I sure can get janky. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's not to say like that is budget. Like a lot of times it's budget and putting your stuff like she did way more episodes in a season. Um, so you in, in a, you know, if they had the same budget, but they have a different episode order. You know, you got to make that money go. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that, like, it's a worse show because of this. You've got to make concessions and choices in places. That's just how making a thing works. You work with what you have. And you do the best with the thing that you have. And it's not to say that, like, she was not, like, a dog shit looking show. Um, 
by any stretch of the imagination, but there's a, a, a level of craft to, to Dead End Park that is just extremely high. <laughs> like, it feels... It's interesting coming off of season five of Steven Universe and into this because it feels like two groups that are running at the same like whose cylinders are firing at the same level. Yeah. People who really know their shit. (laughs) Yeah, which is which is really interesting considering the the disparity in episode lengths, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because like knocking out a 30 minute episode is very time-consuming for a hand-animated show. You know, air quotes, hand and as much as hand anything's hand-animated in the year of our Lord 2022. It's drawn by hand in some way, shape, or form, so. It doesn't feel like any kind of, like, you know, weirdness. Um. So what was your favorite episode, August? Um... That's a tough one. What was your favorite episode, August, and why was it Phantom of the Theme Park? <laughs> I mean, that the thing is, like, it was either going to be Phantom of the Theme Park or um, uh, Norma Khan, Paranormal Detective. Um, just because I thought that Norma Khan, Paranormal Detective, was a really great Norma episode. Right. Um, and the the... The B plot with Barty is extremely, like, extremely rough in a very fun way. Yes. But, I mean, yes, it's <laughs> the other, the other runner, you know, front runner is obviously the Phantom of the Theme Park because that, I love the conceit of somebody cursing everybody into being a musical. Yeah. Um, that's always What's the fun. best episode it, of Buffy? It's once more feeling. We all know it. <laughs> Yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's always a good conceit. Um, mm-hmm. And you know the music was really good. Like, I I was I was surprised at because like I had completely forgotten you mentioning that there was a musical episode with the the fingerprints of Fallout Boy on it. Yeah. Um, but Which does uh, not feel like the fingerprints of Fallout Boy are on it, but. Knowing the no, the writing history of Patrick Stump, it's pretty much yeah that make this all makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> talk about a pop punk band that loves musical theater. Goddamn, if it's not Fallout Boy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it was it was really good. I was pleasantly surprised. I was mm-hmm. when when it first became obvious that it was a musical episode. I was like, oh man, is this this is either going to be really good or really bad? And uh, thankfully, it was really good. I do like that they did not tag in alternative singers for any of the cast. Like the cast can sing pretty well, but they're not like they're not tagging in pro singers. You know what I mean? Are you sure? Um, Let me here. Let me see if there's any. It's just. So I'm usually halfway decent with voices and there was one transition with Barney where it's like, that does not sound like Barney's voice actor. (sighs) 
I'm not finding any information with any different voice actors coming in. Where okay. for the for the main cast. Yeah. Okay. Though it's very obvious that uh Courtney's voice actor has done musical theater before. <laughs> uh because her her uh torch song in there is fucking uh a banger. Oh, it's so good. Who is Courtney's voice actor? Emily Osmond. Here, let's go to her IMDB. Oh, okay. Emily Osmond apparently is a uh it is uh, formerly of the uh, Disney musical or Disney uh, television. Uh, what you call it? Pipeline. Pipeline. Yeah. She was in Beverly Hills Chihuahua too. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> she has a music video. Um, she has multiple music videos. So a lot, actually, uh, scrolling through here. Uh, pretty decent. She's apparently in Young Sheldon. Um, as Mandy, whoever that is. I've never seen Young Sheldon. Probably will never see Young Sheldon. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, Emily Osment is Haley Joel Osment's, uh, sister. Oh, interesting. Wild. Huh. Neat. Um, yeah. Does a great job. Courtney does a great job. As Courtney, that Torch song is extremely good and funny. <laughs> and extreme. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so Disney um, with just, like, the right amount of edge to it. It's a show that, yeah. like, could get real edgy. Like, the whole show could get very edgy, and it does not, which I really appreciate. I hate edgy. I'm getting to the point in my life where I hate edgy shit. I don't know. Like, they did they did legitimately kill Barney once. That was hilarious, though. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. They're just like, <laughs> Courtney and Vanya are like, did they just, is Barney fucking dead? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, oh man. I am I'm legitimately interested in what the plot's going to be like in season 2 with the angels showing up. Yeah. Um that will be real fun, I feel like. So we're calling it that it, that that Courtney is almost certainly half demon half angel, right? Like Oh, almost certainly. Mm-hmm. Um Let's see. That's. I think yeah, I think Norma Khan paranormal detective. I really like the 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 Pauline Phoenix experience, just with the like tr- like the conceit of traveling through the different the different sort of like eras of television and movies. Hmm. Yeah, I thought that that episode was really fun as well. Like, 
just because I, I didn't pick them, you know, pick any of the other episodes, mm-hmm. my front runners doesn't mean they were bad episodes. Yeah, like all of the episodes the, in the season were really good. There's absolutely not a bad sh- episode in this series. Like there's probably less interest. I feel like maybe Night of the Living Kids is maybe less interesting. But like, it's still a fun little episode. I like yeah. the night and the day hag. I like the running joke of Courtney trying to eat Pugsley's eyes. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I like how I, I particularly like Pugsley being like, fine, Courtney, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There were a couple of moments where it's like, Pugsley, do you have a vor fetish? <laughs> Pugsley is so down to get eaten. It's extremely off putting sometimes. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh her name is Vadia, not Va- I've been pronouncing it Vadia. Oh. Yeah. Well, I can't hear very well because I thought you were pronouncing it correctly the whole time. I was not, so apologies for that. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um. We've got rankings to do. We do have rankings to do. Okay, folks. We put it off last time because we were so tired. We were the ti- we were the tiredest of bitches in the entire world last time. But this time we've got energy. We don't, but we're contractually obligated. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, last time last time we had a hard stop because of a thing. We were also tired. So. It's three hours in. We were going to make a four hour show. Yeah. Um. OK, so. We are first, first things first, we are going to, uh, we are going to rank show or songs. So we're going to rank them on the A, B, C, D, and F tier. Um, oh, oh, S, A, there's S tier as well. So, yeah, and we're just going to go. In order as they appear in the show, we are not going to obviously we're not going to do any songs that come after uh, like we're not going to do the movie forward. Um, so first up, first song, the intro, we are the Crystal Gems. Where we feel like that's at. I mean, I feel like for an introduction to the concept of the show, it's good, but and it it. It's catchy, but it's not like, I don't know. I'd put it B tier. Mm-hmm. Are we considering like, the intro or the extended intro? You know, like the super long one that's like where everybody gets a verse. The intro, because you okay. you said it's as it appears in the show. That's good. That's a solid point. That's a solid point. The extended intro is, in fact, not on here. Well, it would be A tier, I think. Yeah. So regular intro B, extended intro. A. A. Okay, gotcha. Outro yeah. song, Love Like You. That's hard to say because, like, you get it in bits and pieces. Yeah, I really like the song, like, as a whole song, but you never hear it unless you, like, look it up on, on Spotify. Because I don't think it ever yeah. plays like in its entirety on the show. Because it's like four minutes long. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, it's like half an episode. Um, like as an outro, mm -hmm. I would say B tier, but listening to it as a whole, I'd say A tier. Okay. All right. First song song of the show, the cookie cat theme. I mean, clearly that's S tier, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Great. I'm glad we're here on that. <laughs> we're on the same page. Um, <laughs> um, second song, let me drive my van brackets into your heart. <laughs> it closed. That bracket. is also S tier. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not even joking. It's, it's S tier. It's very good. I love that song. Um, Next up, oh god, it's just bang. Unfortunately, there's so many bangers of uh, at the front loaded on Steven Universe. Um, Giant Woman. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's like, an S I hate, tier. I don't think it's yeah. like S tier. I think it's an A tier. Yeah, I think it's A tier too. Like mm -hmm. I, I hate saying because because of how I feel about Giant Women, mm -hmm. I hate saying it's not S tier. But yeah, it's A tier. Um. Next up is Strong in the Real Way. Uh, I'm having a hard time remembering that tune. Um, hold on a second. We, we have the power. Yeah, we have the power of the internet. There we go. Oh, this this is when um Pearl's real feels real jealous of um of uh Nicki Minaj. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I feel like because I was having a hard time remembering the tune, mm -hmm. it's probably B tier. Yeah. Uh, next up is Steven and the Stevens. That's that's really solid. I don't know if it's A or S tier. I feel like it's A plus tier, but we can't do that. So do we want to I'm leaving it up to you whether it's A tier or S tier. I think it's here. A tier. Um, in particular, I like the fact that it's you know, a song mostly about like watching yourself disintegrate in a time paradox. Um, yeah, but I don't find myself humming it. That's fair, but it's it's just so it it's such such good energy though. But yeah, fair. Um, next up is "Dear Old Dad." It's that song that Steven sings with Greg when Greg's leg is all broken, or he uh, thinks that Greg's leg is broken. Yeah. Eh. Yeah, that's. I fair. don't feel very strongly about it, so I guess C tier. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I feel like it's a song that's in there that has more of a feeling on the back end because like you realize at the time that Greg was lying to Steven. Mm hmm. All right. Next up is Be Wherever You Are. This is that little song that Steven sings uh, while he and Sadie and Lars are all like stranded on a desert island. Yeah, that's. Mm, I feel like that's a solid B. 
Yeah, I think so, too. I don't know that we're going to get anything lower than a C tier, honestly. There's no bad songs, I don't feel like, in Steven Universe. It's just how many songs yeah. are going to end up S tier, I think, is the real is the real yeah. actual shit here. Um, yeah. On the Run, that jaunty little tune that Steven, uh, that plays over Steven Amethyst uh, becoming uh, Runaway Boys or what have you. Yeah. Um... It's cute, but I think it's just B tier. Yeah. Uh, like a comet. Uh, I don't remember that one. It's the song that Greg plays when he fir- like w- when he first meets uh, Rose. <gasps> oh, yeah. yeah, the hair metal song. Duh. Yes. Yes, that is a really good little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that I would say that's a really good solid A. Don't no. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll put it. <laughs> what is he doing? He's trying to rub on my microphone stand. <laughs> oh boy. Um, but yeah, that's that's a good A. Uh, next up is Wailing Stone. It's the song Greg plays about the Wailing Stone. I don't remember the tune of that one, so I feel like if I have, yeah, I feel like if I can't remember the tune, then it's at least B or lower. Yeah. Um, Stronger than you. S tier. Absolute S tier. Maybe top running for one of the best songs in the show. Yes. Um, next up is full disclosure. It's the song Steven sings about, uh, trying when he's trying to ghost Connie, but poorly. Eh. I feel like this maybe needs to be at least a, like this needs to be B if possibly an A, because you do in fact hear this tone all the time. I know because it's Anya's ringtone. I don't hear Anya keeps um, Anya keeps their phone on silent. Oh, these days. Oh, uh, that's fair. I know. Yeah. It, I do know that it's Anya's ringtone. Do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just because I have like personal attachment to it in, in some respects doesn't mean that I necessarily think it's like a tier. That's fair. Um, Next up is do it for her. Oh, God, that's <laughs> definitely a tier. Yeah, for realsies. Um, next up is what can I do for you? It's that duet that, uh, Greg and Rose sing and then, uh, Pearl and Rose form, uh, Rainbow Quartz. I'd say that's another A tier. Yeah. Maybe the horniest song in Steven Universe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Next up is Tower of Mistakes. It's Amethyst's song about um, when uh, Pearl is lying to Garnet about fusing. I don't even... I mean, I know the episode you're talking Mm -hmm. about, but I don't even remember the song, so... All right, well, then it goes and see. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um... 
Have You Noticed, brackets, I'm a Star. It's the song that Sadie was going to sing in the talent show. But then oh, Steven yeah. sings it. It's, it's, it's a good song, but mm. I don't think it warrants A tier. No. I think it's, I think it's a solid B. Yeah. Uh, something Entirely New. It's the duet between Sapphire and uh, Ruby when they're stranded on Earth, at, like, during the yeah. uh, question. I'd say A. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Peace and Love, brackets, on the planet Earth. Lord. Um, this is a tough one. I think, I think probably A. Yeah. I think it's in there. Oh, okay, so we're getting into the musical episode. <laughs> so section. This is like four songs back to back to back that are all from one episode. Um, so the first up is, uh, the first song from that episode is, uh, Don't Cost Nothings, brackets Empire City. I, I think, think that's a B. I think it's, yeah, I think that's a B. Um, but I think we, we all know where yeah. the song from that episode goes. Oh, yes. And then, uh, next up is Mr. Greg when they're all getting tuxes. I believe that's also a B. Yeah. And then, uh. It's over, isn't it? I'm just going to go ahead and put that in S tier because it's it, yep. it is fighting stronger than you for number one song of this show. Yep. Um, I also both of you, uh, the song Stephen plays to Greg and Pearl when they're at the end of the episode. I think that's a I really like that song. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Um, next up is. This is barely counts. I think I need a little change, which is the little song that Greg plays when he's like babysitting sour cream. Yeah, it it's cute, but it's it's virtually nothing. So I'd say C. Yeah. Uh, here comes a thought. We'll just we'll just put that up. Yep, in the just S. put that in S tier. <laughs> there we go. Easy peasy. Uh. Another fun little song, though I think honestly a little bit better than I Need a Little Change, is um, I Can Never Be Ready, which is the song Greg sings while, like, taking care of baby Steven during that flashback episode. I think that's a B song. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, What's the use of feeling blue? Oh, God. Oh, God. That's... That's an A. I don't think it's an S tier song. Yeah. But we, yeah, we have to put thing. if we ranked it any lower than A, Patty Lapone would personally come and fucking beat us up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One hundred percent. But no, that's that's I I almost want to put it S, but but you're right, it's A tier. Yeah, I don't think it's quite like if 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 we're talking about other S tier songs, it's not Here Comes a Thought. It's not it's over. No. But it's yeah. really good. Yeah. I feel like if Blue and Yellow had like a big song later in the series, it would definitely be an S tier song. Because mm-hmm. then we have way more character. You know what I mean? Um, but there's just there was almost certainly no budget to get Patty Lapone and um oh, Blue's voice actor who I can never remember to like do a duet. <laughs> yeah. A duet between them? God. 
God, that would have been Ooh. a good song. Yeah. Um, the Working Dead. That's an S tier song. Oh yeah, that is 100%. a great song. Even like you can separate it fully from Steven Universe, and that song is a fucking banger. Yes. Um, next up is Sadie Killer and the Suspects, which I honestly feel like is a A song. It's not. It it doesn't hit like Working Dead does. No, but it's it's still mm-hmm. definitely A tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gugga Ghost. Hmm. I mean, it's at least A tier, but I'm not sure if it makes it up to S tier or not. Yeah, I don't think it I don't think it. I feel like it doesn't it needs more context than The Working Dead does. Like I could just but like me and my ska band could just bust out The Working Dead. Yeah, but no, no, everybody would get what's going on here. Um. Uh, next up is Distant Shore. It's Lapis's song. Yeah. I'm very partial to it, but I'm not like A tier or I'm not S tier partial to it. But I really yeah, I, like it. I think it's I think it's A tier. Yeah. I mean it does it, it it does functionally confirm my ship, which is what I need it to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> um Ruby Rider. Oh, <laughs> I love Ruby Rider, but it hurts me. It has to be a tier because it's not stronger than you or it's, it's over. Yeah, the, 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 the S tier bracket is real strong. Some real strong contenders. Um, yeah. For just one day, let's only think about love. I think that's S tier. I do. I really do. Zach fucking kills that song. Oh, yeah. Um, familiar. I think that's an A. Yeah. 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 And then we have escape. I'm putting escapism like down in the C. Escapism is the instrumental song that Greg play like that. Greg's like that's playing over Watermelon Steven stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that's on here. That's just background music. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, it's good, but it's like, you know, it's not. Yeah. And then finally, the last song of the show, Change Your Mind. I really like Change Your Mind. I think it's like, like so it concise. And it's like, it really feels like a song that's extremely personal to Rebecca Sugar. Like, that's a Rebecca Sugar song. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that's fair. I mean, I like it. Mm-hmm. I think this might be the one thing that we might disagree on, because I suspect you'll put it in S tier and I'll put it in A tier. But yeah. considering... Considering that we've shared a brain cell up until this point, you know. (laughs) Yeah, we have to break somewhere. Yeah. Um, I I will concede to put it, I will put it, we'll put it in A, but we'll put it at top of A. No, you can put it in S tier. No, I I think if we don't agree, then it doesn't, like, S tier, it's a very, it's a very special tier. (laughs) It has to be unanimous to go in S tier. Okay. 
Okay, I'm going to take a screenshot of this because we're going to have to add songs to this once we get to the end of future. Okay. There's not that many songs in future. Um, but there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight songs in future. I guess technically nine because there's the new intro. <laughs> By comparison, the movie has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen new songs in the uh Jesus. <laughs> it is a musical movie. It's like a feature-length movie oh, that fair. is a musical. Fair. Okay. I'm sending this to you and we'll post it. We'll post this in chat when the episode goes live. Okay. Okay. Next up, we got a rank fusions. This one's much easier. Yes. Let's go from uh, when they appear. So first up, Opal. Well, technically speaking, first up, Garnet. Okay, you know what? Actually, yeah, Garnet's not on here. What? They didn't put, oh wait, no, there she is. Sorry, I missed her. All right, Garnet S tier. Garnet, obviously, she's a main character. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Next would be Opal. I like Opal. I love that Opal is voiced by Amy Mann, but she has the problem that other fusions voiced by like stunt celebrities have, which is that she doesn't ever show back up. <laughs> she shows up like twice. Yeah, but exactly. yeah. And never talks again. <laughs> yeah. Um, she will, but- in fact, show up in the musical and sing in the musical. And we get um, we get a duet between Amy Mann and Ted Leo in the Steven Universe musical. Wow. <laughs> um, let's see. Who is the next? Um, is it? Uh, I feel like it's Sugalite. I think it's Sugalite. Yeah, they're not like these ones are not ordered uh, correctly. Sugalite definitely comes before Stevani. Yes. Yeah. Sugalite. I mean, yeah. Sugalite's got to be an A, otherwise Nicki Minaj will come and fight us. Yes. I feel like to earn S tier, you've got to be on the, you've got to have a speaking role on the main show more than one time, though. Agreed. Okay. Um, then next up is Stevani, obviously. S tier. S tier, yeah. Like, um, good job, Catra. You, you earned your t- place at the top. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Then I believe it's probably Alexandrite. Eh. I mean, Alexandrite's character design is cool and all, but honestly, like... She doesn't really have a character. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Opal and Sugalai have extremely distinct characters, and it never feels like Alexandrite does. Yeah. Um, and then I believe our next one is going to be Malachite. Or uh, Rainbow Ooh. Quartz 1.0, actually. Hmm. <sighs> no, actually, you know what? I'm wrong. Know, it is Malachite like, is next. I feel like Malachite's A tier, really good, yeah. really good villain, really good. Uh, Great personality, like 
shows yeah. a lot of personality. It is a big fucking metaphor, but they do a good job at that. Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay, now it's Rainbow Quartz 1.0. Eh, B tier. Yeah. Like honestly, C tier. She doesn't Rain- even talk. Oh yeah, but she's got a really cool character design. She does. Yeah, that's true. Also, uh, like horniest fusion. Truly. Um. Absolutely. So, well, I don't know. Is 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 she more horny? Well, on um, Garnet's not all the all the time horny. Those two are just like ex- like horny explicitly for one another. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the. Oh, uh, they have um, fucking uh, the cluster on here. Eh, B tier. Yeah. I feel like, you know, they're they're doing their best. They do get some characterization, but they don't speak as such. Yeah. They also only show up like twice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I believe the next one is oh, these kind of come at the same time um, oh no wait sorry we mi- certainly missed one I feel like and it's um, um, oh, fucking the Sailor Moon villain um, with the hammer I can't remember her name oh god um, Garnet and Pearl uh, yeah fuck Fuck. No, how could we do this? Brian, we've been doing this for over two years. How did we forget this? And we love her. Like. We do. She's like A tier. We have to name her. Uh... Sardonyx. Yes. There we go. We got there. Got it in one. Uh, <laughs> Sardonyx, obviously A tier. And honestly, could show up as as S tier because she gets multiple speaking role episodes. I don't know. Like, I love her, but she's got some pretty stiff competition in S tier. That's true. Um... Do they have a name for that's that one topaz? So this ranker has I don't know if we ever got a name for it though. It's the fusion between Jasper and that other Jasper like and, and like Biggs. But like the corrupted Biggs. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna call it Corrupted Jasper. Eh. You know what? Honestly, D tier. I don't like it. I don't think it's even as good as. Yeah. Yeah. It's only there for like a second. It's bad in general. You know, I mean, it's meant to be bad, but. Yeah. Uh, In that same episode, though, Smoky Quartz, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Smoky Quartz could maybe be an A. Because I do love the Smoky Quartz episode that is like just sardonyx and smoky for most of it. I think. I think she's A tier or they're A tier. Yeah. Um, bup, 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 bup. Next up is Rhodonite. No, wait. No, sorry. Next up is Topaz. I'm just like, 
Topaz gets a B only because she's like a double, like she's the same gem fusion. If they're if they're ranking Topaz, then why aren't they ranking Ruby? Yeah, I don't know why Ruby's not on here. Though also, I would still put Ruby on B on the B tier. Yeah. Um. But I do like Topaz. She seems real fun. I wish Topaz yeah. would have shown up more. Uh, next up, Road Knight. I love Road Knight. I love. I love. So I love her too. Uh, I love her too. She's gonna go on the A tier. Yeah. Though, frankly, um. Oh, hold on a second. Sorry. Uh, okay, so I had to look up her name because I couldn't remember her name either. I'm doing real bad tonight. Um, I'm going to make an argument for, for S tier for fluorite. I'm not going to argue. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. We 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 stand yeah. a big polyamorous gym cluster thing. <laughs> yeah. Um then we get Ocean uh I think her name's Ocean Jasper. It's that one fusion that shows up for like half a second in the courtroom. Or not the courtroom, oh. but in court. Like, at the dance. The one who's like, I'm with you guys! And everybody's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> I appreciate her gumption, so I'm gonna say B tier. Yeah, she gets a B tier just for, for being there. Um, she she gets a B tier because she stood up to the Empire. Truly, yeah. You gotta respect the game. Uh, Rainbow Quartz 2.0. This is Doctor Who looking motherfucker. God... I feel like B tier. Mm-hmm. We do get a Rainbow Quartz 2.0 like episode in future. I'm I'm concerned because I'm concerned that 2.0 could get obnoxious quickly. It would it help you if I said it is also an onion episode? <laughs> no, that doesn't help at all. <laughs> um all right, next up Sunstone. I'm so conflicted because I like the concept of Sunstone, but also like the 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 90s PSA cartoon personality can get old really quickly. Um, you want to put her in B or put them in B? Yeah, let's put them in B. Yeah, there, there is an epi- There is also a Sunstone episode in future. That is very fun. Oh, my God. It leans real heavy into the PSA shit in a very fun way. Jesus. All right. So. Lastly, Obsidian. I'm just putting uh, Obsidian. I'm. Oh, fuck. Obsidian. Garnet's obviously Ob- the best fusion in the show. Yes, but Obsidian is objectively the hottest. It's true. Obsidian. I don't know if Obsidian. Obsidian is tied for number two with Stevani. Yeah. Because I love how like Obsidian breaks our entire like arbitrary ranking system, too. <laughs> does not talk (laughs) shows up once unfortunately you can also be dope as fuck and just get to the top of the ladder (laughs) 
Yeah. Like, from top to bottom, Obsidian's just the coolest fucking thing ever. Yeah, pretty much. Obsidian would fight and kill Shinji Ikari. Like... <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, there's one last fusion. We'll have to come back and rank him. Uh, at a later date. Okay. So, I took a, took a screen cap of this. There we go. There we fucking go. All right. We're going to talk about some Greg outfits real quick. We're just going to do this fast. Oh, Jesus Christ. I've clicked off of the... Oh, God. Oh, no. I've clicked off of the tab that I had all the Greg outfits in. Oh, no. <laughs> Greg's outfits, Steven Universe. Thank fuck that there's an entire page on the wiki dedicated to this. Okay, first off, standard Greg look. We're just gonna go like thump we're gonna we're gonna smash or pass Greg Universe's outfits. And you have to use that vernacular in particular, August. Okay. Uh okay. standard pass. Greg universe outfit. Pass. Yeah. Greg, but with the blazer and the sweater, but shorts and not like not pants. I'm going to, I'll paste them. Oh, wait, hold on. That's the same picture. <laughs> uh, oh, th there we go. All right. Smash or pass? Uh, I think that's smashable. Yeah. I. You know what? It's the shorts. I don't like the shorts. I don't like the shorts either, but the turtleneck is a perennial good Greg look. True. The thing is, I know that he... I think he comes back with no, actually, it's the same look, but with a captain's hat later. Uh, I don't know. I'm pass on it. Uh, Greg, okay. torn jeans and the cherry sweater smash. Smash. Um, some of these do not seem. The, I'm not counting I'm not counting any version of Greg that's only on screen for like one second. Yeah. Uh these are actual Greg outfits. Um Greg in the in the non-turtleneck sweater with the jeans. Extremely smash. Yeah, it's a smash. One of Greg's best looks. It really is. Um, Greg wearing shorts and just a white t-shirt. <laughs> Pass. Pass. Um, ooh, are we counting young Gregs in this? We have to. Okay, well then, uh, blazer wearing young Greg. Okay, so standard young Greg, which is like in the black star t-shirt and the jeans. Smash. Young Greg is incredibly Smash. fuckable. It's, it's, it sucks how yeah. much how fuckable he is. <laughs> Yeah, blazer I'm blazer so young Greg, extremely he just remains fuckable somehow yeah <laughs> um tuxedo greg from uh from mr greg smash mm -hmm. agreed um shirtless god jesus christ this is the most fuckable cartoon man has ever been holy shit look at this <laughs> look at this boy who is just he's just riding the twink line you know what I mean? Like, he's not a full yeah. twink, but God, he's there. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this sucks. It sucks how fuckable he is. <laughs> um, let's see. Do we have any other? Oh, okay. And one last, one last Greg, the last real variation on Greg. I'm not going to count Greg in a Sadie killers in the suspects t-shirt. I feel like that's the same Greg. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last Greg. Zoom in Greg. I think we, we litigated this Mm -hmm. one because we were talking about how like, the the costume design was just a little bit weird. Like, it looks better, not that we're smashing Steven, mm-hmm. God no, but, like, the character design just looks better on Steven. I'm not gonna lie, with that the outfit, outfit looks on better on literally every other character but Greg. Yeah, it they did, they did Greg so dirty because that could have been really smashable, but I'm gonna have to pass. True, true, I agree, I concur. All right, that's that's that is a high number of smashes. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Unfortunately, Greg, Greg's got it. He's tr- he I've... truly does. He is a he is a guy with a dick who like destroyed an empire. Yeah. yeah nobody has swag like that, but Greg Universe. All right. <laughs> Oh man! Well, we did that. We sure did. Uh, <laughs> so next week, oh, do we have any questions about Dead End? Uh, uh, I think we had a couple of questions aimed at Hamish. Okay, we'll but... we'll save those for when Hamish is here. Yeah. Um. Okay. Great. Um, uh, well, next week, next time, not I have two years, still can't do it right. Uh, next time, we will be watching the Steven Universe, the movie, with our special guest, Hamish Steele, creator of Dead End Paranormal Park in Dead India. Um, we will obviously be uh conducting that episode from the hague because august and i committed war crimes by smashing or passing greg universe (laughs) um uh anything going on in uh fucking over in uh what you call it uh over in ftl land uh let me double check the calendar because um Let's see. Okay. Um, We will have just finished up our uh, City of Mist release um, by the time you hear this. And we'll be gearing up for uh, releasing the movie part of the Six Arcs and a Movie, uh, which is going to be a damn good time. So be there. Check it out. City of Mist was also a good time. It's just... Mm -hmm. I haven't worked on City of Mist. I've been working on the movie. So nice. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm gonna have to real quick. Where this is live, Mac has posted for some reason in the Discord to 
Google just the word Velma. And I feel like we kind of have to. Oh, shit. Google it, August. Okay. I am Googling just the word Velma. Oh! <laughs> Google going hard. I don't yeah. believe this will be true by the time this episode comes out. Uh, but if right now on this, if you want to go back in time on uh, October the 5th, if you Google just the word Velma, um, uh, pr like progress pride and lesbian pride flags just fall down from the ceiling. And confetti. And confetti. Nice. Yep. Very good. Uh... All right, we're we're still trucking along over in fucking Elder County. Uh, it's it's a good time. It's a good spooky, scary time. I feel like the episodes that are about to come out, the episode that came out this week that you're listening to this, I'm not gonna lie, is gonna probably be one of our like it's one of the like funny like we have hit our groove in this recording session. We do a very good job. I feel like I'm excited. Um, shit's going extremely poorly for the kids over in Dumb Kids World. Yeah. Extremely poorly. Um, so, so there's that. Um, all right. The, all right, so we've got to remember this because we're going to make Hamish do the outro. <laughs> Mm -hmm. We've got to make Hamish do the outro. Um, we do. Uh, so, uh, so I'm gonna do it, and then Hamish will do it, and then you'll do it once we 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 get back around to it. Okay, just remember the order. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, listener, I implore you to please be like Cookie Cat and smash Greg Universe. Mm -hmm. Peace. Peace. <laughs>